0: KCV here, and you're listening to a series of romantic events. I'm giving my feedback and rundown of a different romance novel series every two weeks. For our twelfth episode, we're headed to a small town, as we read the Gospel Idaho series by Rachel Gibson. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Looks like it's the end of March already. At some point, I'm going to have to pull together an Easter basket. i looking forward to that. One of these days, I'll be eligible for a vaccine. I'm looking forward to that. Like I said, at the end of the last episode, I'm going to be trying to tie together Wanda and Vision's love story throughout the comics. So this week's romance novel series was a short one. It was a twofer. Uh, The Gospel, Idaho series by Rachel Gibson. Now, Rachel Gibson, I'd read novels of hers before, but I only know it because I have it kind of like listed off my Goodreads that I read it when I was 16. And I'm like, I don't remember these at all. But I had five starred them. But once again, I have no idea <laughs> why or what it is that I liked about him. So, didn't really have much expectation going in for the author, other than oh, I think I liked these. She says she liked these. I have no idea what's going on. Like I said, it's a short series. What's very interesting about these two, the first one being True Confessions and the second one being The Trouble with Valentine's Day, is that the second novel in this series is actually a novel as a part of another one of her series that she's had before. So even though this is kind of a shorter one, we could come back and revisit the book itself as a part of another series because it wasn't that bad. Like I said, I, I have no really feedback about the author. So I kind of went into it with no real expectations. The first one, True Confessions, was about the town sheriff. So what we find out is that Gospel Idaho is a super small town and the town sheriff is currently Dylan. <sighs> his name is Dylan. And what I want to say to you is that I never thought I could be as upset about a naming problem as I was with this novel, which is saying something because his name is Dylan. Like I said, D-Y-L-A-N. But then when you get to the second book, they reference him and she spells his name D-I-L-L-O-N. And before you say, Stacy, it doesn't matter. Dylan is Dylan. I just want to make sure you know that I don't, change the way I spell my name from day to day like that makes no sense to me he's the sheriff which means he's signing all types of stuff so in my mind when I'm reading about this I have no idea whether he I don't know you tell me he signs his name I have no idea how you sign it sounds like a small problem turned into a big one it started to irritate me like halfway through the second book because at first you think oh it was just a quick little you know just just a quick typo oh no 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 two different ways completely through each one of the books anyway town sheriff And everyone is attracted to the sheriff, right? Like you find like it's basically like he's the hottest guy in town, but he's the hottest guy in town because he's the only guy who's young ish, right? Like in his 30s, everyone else is older or just like creepy, like in a way that they're just mean or people just don't want to be around them. So is he is he really hot? It's just it's hard to know. Hope comes in from California and she also describes him as like no one who would win a modeling contest. Like he's not going to be a model, but she thought he was hot. And I don't really know what that means. Both books seem to kind of hint to this kind of testosterone thing of, oh, see, because he's attractive, but he has so much testosterone that no one would put gel on him. So he wouldn't be a male model. Like, I get it. Is, is this the difference between like a Ken doll and a combat Carl <laughs> in that One is made specifically for, like, going to war and, like, for little boys to play with, and the other one is, like, Barbie's male? Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. So Hope comes in from California, and she's supposed to have, like, this really long straight blonde hair. Um, She's supposed to be somewhere near 40, and she's a divorcee. She shows up. She's an author, and we find out that she writes fictional stories, but she writes fictional stories about places that she's in about like aliens and just kind of weird stuff like that so she comes into town and basically rents a house that was owned by the own the old sheriff and we find out that he was also up to some weird stuff like just some weird dominatrix stuff he ended up killing himself it was a very weird backstory anyway so the house has been empty since then so she comes in trying to find a new place to give her inspiration her um, her editors kind of disappointed in her because her stories have kind of fallen off Oh, we find out that she got divorced because she had a hysterectomy. And before she met her husband, like she had a hysterectomy, she had the hysterectomy before she met her husband, but her husband when they got married said, "Oh, like it's okay. Like I don't need a child. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great." And then kind of right in the middle of the marriage, he leaves her for her own friend and they pop up pregnant and then he marries her. So, yeah pretty awful. She has no uterus and her really good friend is gone and her husband is with the friend. So yeah, she, she runs off for a whole new fresh start to get ideas, to get inspiration, to get out of town, to get out of Dodge. Okay, no problems. And we've never talked about covers before, but there's nothing I, nothing rubs me the wrong way. Like a cover that doesn't match the character. On the cover of this book, and I'm sure there are like a billion of them, but on this particular cover, this girl looks like she's like 16. And I mean, I get that sometimes people look younger than they are, but she also has like that weird, like, I don't know if you guys remember, like when Mary-Kate and Ashley had like those, those like flat irons that gave you like crimps in your hair. She looks like that. And this chick looks like she's 16 and definitely not approaching 40. But okay. Uh, anyway, so she thought fl- she comes into town in this really nice car. And, you know, of course, everyone judges her because it's a small town and she's coming from the city. And what does she want here? And what is she trying to do? Okay. She runs into the mayor. She's really attracted to the mayor. He doesn't want to get involved with anybody because we find out that he has a son, and that he was with the mother. But then the mother became like a a Hollywood starlet, but nobody knows. And he has custody of the kid. It's just it's it's a lot of backstory with him. So no no one knows that the the mother of his child is actually a celebrity who's on TV. And when I say no one, not just people in the town, the people who the people who follow his baby's mother as well because she plays an angel on tv and she doesn't want it to mess with her reputation by getting out that she has an Ill- that she has an Ill- illegitimate child the child himself doesn't know but he's seven so anyway he loves his kid the kid's name's adam now because dylan is such a popular man in the town every female there is of course trying to you know approach him he's going to be my man i'm going to marry the sheriff it's going to be me <laughs> and sheriff woody but the issue they keep running into is, of course, you have to get through my son, right? Because he loves the son. And so people are always interacting with Adam, but in a very false way. And that they only interact with Adam when Dylan is around or when they specifically know that it'll make its way back to Dylan, which is, of course, how Hope ends up kind of standing out and that she just shows attention to Adam separately, right? Uh, She finds out that there are bats in the house that she rents and she just wants somebody to (laughs) come in and get her purse and the seven year olds uh, because he has another friend who's always hanging around, and she gave him $5 to go in and grab her purse, which, I mean, okay, and, and they had, like, BB guns, so that they weren't scared, and then she gave him the money, and they ran off, and ugh, it's, it's mostly just a lot of tomfoolery of her saying, like, hey, like, he's a kid, I'm gonna let him be a kid, and then I'll just watch him, um, but I'll do it outside of anything that has to do with her and Dylan. So, the did, didn't really have any issues with the book. It was just one of those things that didn't super stand out to me, so it wasn't bad, but it wasn't amazing. Uh, th- th- there were a lot of different moments in there, where how do I describe this? So, so sometimes in in a TV show, they'll like the writers will say, "Okay, this scene is going to open with them laughing. It's going to be so funny." But instead of actually writing a funny joke and trying to figure out how all the characters are going to react to that joke, instead of doing that, they just Start the scene on the end of a joke and then everybody laughs instead of writing the full joke. So there was a scene like that. And we talked about this in the last episode about how if you tell me there's going to be a fight, I want you to walk me through this fight. I don't want you to just tell me, Stacy there was a fight. And then we show up on the other end of it because, well, it wasn't really that significant. Well, no, it was significant because they had to call the sheriff, right? The sheriff shows up. Hope goes for a jog. She ends up at the bar. Some guy hits on her. Next thing we know, the sheriff shows up. The sheriff shows up. She's visibly shaken. He agrees to take her home. And I get that this is like a reason for them to, you know, hang out, to get to know each other better, to lead to them falling in love. But to me, having that backstory of like, okay, like this is what happened. This is how she got this terrified. Because the book is always focusing on how hope is so strong and how, you know, she's just such an independent thinker. She came out here by herself and one of those city slicking girls. And so it's important for me to know like what it took for her to be Kind of brought down to the level of like shaking on top of a table in the middle of a bar, kind of I don't know it just it, it felt relevant to me, so that happened a lot, but then also the seven year old kid felt like there was more that that could have been done around it, right it felt like it was it was put in because yeah, he's a single dad, and there's all these things happening, and we we need to feel for Dylan, but I felt like he was a plot point that wasn't fleshed out enough for me where I found myself thinking, okay, like he would be a good moment to say like, Hey, like my kid is super important to me and I make sure that all my girlfriends know that. Right. Or, or, or even like kind of showing it to me while he's with hope. Right. Because we knew separately when he was with Adam, he was all about Adam. And we knew that when, she showed um, affection towards Adam. He appreciated it, but I, I definitely would have enjoyed seeing that dian- that that dynamic more as it um, as it played out. I do like the idea that she did have a problem with her uterus, and then she had surgery, and so now she has the scar because. And I feel like we've talked about this before where I don't like where somebody's flaw is that they're just clumsy all the time. And so for you saying like, no, her flaw is that she doesn't have a uterus, right? She can't have children. And it's such a big flaw that the last guy she was married to left her for it. Excellent. At, to, to the point that even when they start having more um, central interactions, it gets to the point where she doesn't want to take her shirt off because there's a scar. Now... I have a bit of an issue with, with the way that Rachel does her scars, because to me, I'm like, okay, you saying that there's like a sliver of a scar on her stomach doesn't feel like it's enough, right? And I get it, that like in order to be sexy, like scars aren't sexy, and, may, and may, maybe this scar doesn't have to be that big. When we get to the next book, uh, which I'll talk to you about, she has the same issue. Now biggest issue with the book which i feel like now i have to do a gripe every time (laughs) every time we do this she has a girth problem and to avoid saying a sexual organ a bunch of times we're just going to go with eggplant for now so just like everything else every universe needs to have rules so that i understand how this works right and of course in a romance novel you're like stacy it's not a paranormal romance novel you don't need to establish rules of vampires like we talked about before no you don't but in a world where there are no periods sometimes, right? And I don't know if we've talked about this where a lot of the romance novels, the women don't have periods, which I totally get. Ruins the romance. Makes sense. But when you start introducing them, right? And you start saying, oh, like I missed it. Then now I expect you to tell me when, not not tell me when it happens, but tell me when you missed it. Tell me if you have really painful cramps or not, right? These are all implications. So Rachel really likes large eggplants, which I'm not against, But she also makes these men like sexually promiscuous, also not against it. But both of them are about 35, 36. So in this first book, Dylan says to us like, hey, I've I've had a lot of sex in my life. The only reason I have a son now is because the condom broke. And this is something I've been dealing with for years. He's 35 and he used to run through women. He slept with so many women that he doesn't remember how many he slept with. Also fine. But you have to make up your mind, right? Because if you're going to tell me, like, Stacey, this guy has a huge eggplant, and to the point that even somewhere in the book, they're sleep like, they slept together for the first time, and, like, she was in pain because his eggplant was so big, right? And so now you're sitting there, like, oh, wow, like, that's another implication, right? Because when you think about it, and maybe I'm overthinking it, let me know, but when you think about it, it's okay if you say, Stacey, in this world, like, Eggplants are just huge like and so you have several options that can come from that you either have the lock and key option where you say oh but because he was made for her and she was made for him he fits her perfectly even though he's huge all right I'll buy that you can say oh Stacy no no no. women are just used to people having large eggplants so there's no stretch there's no adjustment she's not in pain all women are like this I'll buy that but the moment you say to me Stacy he's so big that she's in pain by him entering her, I'm going to have to throw a flag on the plate. It's going to be a problem. And it's a problem because she also says this man goes commando. But because you've now said that he is so large that it's uncomfortable for her to sleep with him the first time, That now says to me that he's definitely not going commando, right? Because he's not standard size, but he's wearing standard size jeans, right? This is a guy who lives in the middle of nowhere in a small town. He's wearing standard size jeans, but he's blessed. Doubt it. Doubt he's riding around in his truck as the sheriff going commando in a pair of jeans most of the time with no underwear on. And not uncomfortable? No, no. Because he's pressing up against, especially when they're like hanging out or, you know, getting excited, like he would be uncomfortable and he doesn't seem to shift, you know, move or anything. Fine, fine. Let's say that I allow that. Let's say that I allow that this man is walking around in a hot town going commando with clearly a gift between his legs. Fine. And and isn't uncomfortable at all. Okay, But then you say to me, Stacy, hey, they slept together and the condom broke. No, no, it didn't. It didn't. And it didn't because Dylan keeps telling you about this huge mistake he made and the seven-year-old that walks around as an example of this huge mistake he made, right? You're telling me over and over again about how the condom broke and that's why he has a son. And even though he loves his son, he has vowed to never be with another woman again, because of what happened to him before but also because the past sheriff was a promiscuous guy like he's made all of these promises to himself but the biggest one is that the condom broke the last time it's not gonna happen again during tootin it's not you definitely know what kind of condom you need especially if he was running through women like you wouldn't believe before he knows what kind of condom he needs and he also knows which ones specifically break <laughs> so for you to tell me that he's sleeping with our girl, Hope, and in the middle of that, another condom breaks. Like, I just, I just find it so hard to believe. And, and of course, she's not pregnant because she doesn't have a uterus. But <laughs> if anything, that made it worse, right? Because now I, I don't have that weird, a lot of romance novels go, oh, Stacy, you know, it's just so hard for her to get pregnant, right? She, she has, something's wrong with her uterus. It's a one in a million chance. But of course, the one in a million chance happens in that book. yeah that's not going to happen here. So I didn't even have like that to kind of go, oh no, like maybe she, nope, she's not. Get pregnant with what, Stacey? (laughs) She doesn't have the equipment, right? Which put all the focus on him and why it is that he doesn't know how to use his own tool that you've just said he used hundreds of times and screwed up once and vowed to never screw up again. Eh, Affected me. Rubbed me the wrong way. But I liked the book. I... It wasn't one of those things where I was like, Oh, it's amazing. But it, it it wasn't bad. Like it's it's one of those books where if I'm on vacation and I'm, you know, hanging out at the pool and doing different things, it's a nice book to have on me because it's not one of those ones that I'll stay up till three AM trying to finish, right? Like I I, I can stop it, I can put it down, I can go and do other things. There are a lot of people in the town. There's a lot of gossip in this town. And it, it and it's it's supposed to be because the town is so small, but it's just, it's super weird. And I, it, it made me kind of wonder about small towns. Like, is it really like this where everyone is so close-knit that if I tell one person something in the next hour, everyone, the guy who works at a hardware store, the guy who owns the grocery store, everyone up and down the street knows the way that they kind of treated Hope. Like, yeah, she's definitely an outsider. What are you doing here? But the moment they found out that she was trying to write a story about uh, their ex-sheriff they all got super invested and were telling her different pieces. But then it quickly turned into, oh, wait, but whenever you write your piece, like, don't tell them that we're crazy because we're not crazy. We're totally normal, which, yeah, kind of something crazy people would say. But OK, uh, they just it was, it was just very interesting. And then she kind of left some some loose strings. Right. This woman came out to uh, she, she she came out to gospel just for six months in order to get her mind clear in order to continue writing. But she was supposed to go back to California, right? And they never really clarified. Like, did she buy the house? Like, I I, I get that she married the sheriff because of course she would. But you you've given me nothing. I don't. You haven't tied up your loose ends. She still has a job. She's still writing for you know a bunch of different publications. Are you saying she's working from gospel now? Okay. I don't know. So that 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 was kind of weird to me. But then also. The seven-year-old's reactions, like I said, they didn't do enough with it for, for the way it was set up, right? He was always very upset that all of these different women were approaching his father because he wanted his father and his mother to get back together, which, of course, age seven. I mean, all ages. Um, But yeah, he wanted his mother and his father to get back together. And whenever all of these women in the town would approach him and, you know, try to be nice to him, buy him something just to get at his dad, he was just really upset to him. Fine. So he likes Hope because, of course, she shows him, you know, separate, separate interests outside of his father, which is perfect and great. But then halfway through, you find out basically he finds out that Hope and Dylan are together, together, together. And he doesn't like this. So he's really upset with her. But the transition back to being kind of accepting and like, oh, like she's going to be my new mom was just so quick. And I'm like, bro, like this is a kid that cries every year when you have to take him to see his mom and it's like how come you can't come with us dad right he's he's very emotional he's very just like connected and very confused about what's going on so yes i understood the accepted hope in the beginning of the book right liked hanging out with her appreciate her for who she was but the moment he found out that she was dating his mother and that his parents may or may not get back together like it was it was cataclysmic for him. It was traumatic. And so for you to just say, oh, well, they're going to be married now. And, you know, my, my son couldn't have been happier like he was jumping up and down for joy. Um, I'm not saying that's not true. I'm just saying I'm missing a few scenes in between where they develop that relationship back or where he was able to kind of accept what happened and say, OK, like perfectly, maybe I can't have mom. But this woman is pretty great. Just 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 some sort of growth towards that. But of course, the sheriff and she end up together and he's basically like her son. And so she's happy because she now has a son, but she also has a husband who really, really loves her. And she's no longer afraid that he'll have that need for, you know, one child because he has one child. So that was really nice. I I thought it was a nice touch because instead of just saying like, oh, like he just loves her, like they'll just be a couple forever instead, instead of creating the same situation and us wondering whether or not it's going to create the same problem later on she just fixed the problem like oh, okay he just wants a kid cool this one comes with a kid already (laughs) we did it so pretty good book um I wasn't really sure how it would lead into the second book right and we've talked about this before where sometimes you can tell like who the next book is going to be about no idea (laughs) zero percent of an idea the second book was about the grocery store's owner's granddaughter. Just way out there. We'd never met her. <laughs> we didn't know she existed. We knew that Stanley ran, ran the grocery store, so we knew that. I can't recall if we met his wife in the first book, uh, True Confessions. But by the time we get to the second book, The Trouble with Valentine's Day, his wife is dead, and the granddaughter shows up. Whew. Messy, 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 messy. So Kate, Kate was living, I don't know where she was, but anyway, let's. Whatever. So she she was living by herself, out there dating a the guy she really really liked him. After they'd been dating, I think it was two years. Uh, on Valentine's Day, she pulls him to the side at dinner and says, "Hey, like I think I think it's time for us to get serious, okay? I think we should get married. I love you." And he says, "I love you too." They go back to the room, they sleep together, and the next morning he just deuces out and she's upset by this of course understandably right I tell you I love you You tell me you love you too I I say I'm ready for you know a serious commitment you say yes but apparently it was just you could get in my pants like excellent perfect well we did it she's upset by this and then she becomes even more upset when she sees in the news that he's getting married now right which means it wasn't that you weren't ready to get married it was just that you weren't ready to marry me yikes so she agrees to go down and check in on her grandfather, right? He's lost his wife. People are concerned that he's not really getting back to living and that he's still stuck in like the past with his with his wife. So she shows up and she says, "Okay, like I'm gonna help him label stuff. I'm gonna help bring the grocery tour, the grocery store into the 21st century." Okay, but before she gets there, she makes a stop in like a county along the way um, where they have like ski trips. And in the middle of the bar, she's just thinking to herself, like, why is it that I always get into these relationships, right? Why can't I just, you know, do do a real quick... I don't like him that much. Let me just go ahead and go sleep with him, and then no strings attached. So she makes up her mind that that's what she's gonna do that night. She meets a guy at the bar. She hits. She's like talking to him. He has this tattoo. She's like, "Oh, where does that go?" You know, what, what, one of those? Where does that tattoo go? And he says, "Oh, it goes around my neck and around my leg." And you go, "You wanna see?" Reminds me of what my college roommate said. But okay. Um. So, <laughs> so <laughs> not to be. She was just saying that's how. That's how she thought about her tattoo. So um anyway so yeah so, so so he says yeah this is where it goes and you'd think that this was like a sure thing uh they talk about the desire that's in his eyes and she's like oh perfect like i have a tattoo he's like okay cool what is it you know a sun around your navel like he basically went through all the basic girl tattoos ever uh and she goes no no no, no. It's, it's a moon and a couple stars but it's on my butt and he's like oh that's cool she's like do you want to see it i'm like uh oh uh oh barely had one drink, bowled already. All right. All right. And he says, no. Um, and, and so he walks out and I was just shocked out of my mind. I was like, this, this, this is setting up to be a better story. He says no. And she's just like, of course, the one time I decide to proposition a guy in the middle of the bar, he turns me down and I feel awful about it. She ends up in gospel. She's stalking the shelves. And her grandfather says, hey, come out here. Like, I want to introduce you to the guy who owns a sports store across the street. (laughs) She walks out. And who is it? Of course, it's our guy. Uh, it's, it's, It's the guy that she met at the bar the other day. And of course, he acts like he doesn't know her. And, and now she's, like, thinking, oh, okay, like, he doesn't know who I am. We find out his name is Rob. He doesn't know who I am. Maybe he was also drunk. Maybe he forgot the whole thing. So she's kind of excited, but then she's kind of disappointed because she's like, jeez, like, not only did he not want to sleep with me, he doesn't even remember who I am. Ugh, awful. Uh, we found out from his perspective that, of course, he remembers who she is, and then he tells her, like, okay, what did you want me to say? Because if I said to your grandfather, I'd met you already, and he says, oh, wow, how'd you guys meet? Eh, how do you think that story would end? She agrees to this and thinks it's kind of funny. We then find out that Rob's issue, because he's also hot guy in the town, same thing, he doesn't look like he could be a male model, but he, because he has too much testosterone and no one would ever put gel in his hair. Okay. We found out he's an ex-hockey player and that he was married. Mm. He was dating a woman, married her because he got her pregnant. But he was always cheating on her when they were dating. He was cheating on her when they were married. Pretty much. Yeah. Just with groupies and people that were around, just sleeping around. And so one day he sleeps with this woman. Thinks nothing of it. Goes back home to his wife. And she just starts calling a lot, a lot, a lot. He ignores all the calls. One day she shows up in his garage with a twenty-two and says, you men have to be taken care of and shoots him several times. Uh, one of them like crack, like exploded his knee which basically ended his hockey career, did end his hockey career. He now has a titanium knee and uh, everything else was just like wounds. And like I said before, I just have a problem with the way she says, it's just a small scar. I'm like, no, there's no way that his scars from literally losing his knee, being shot in the knee and being shot in both of his arms look the same as her having her whole uterus removed. And I'm not saying which one I think is bigger, which one I think is better. I'm just saying that there's no way that the scars are the same. No, 0%. Anyway, after that experience, <laughs> he's just decided he's not going to sleep with anybody else. That's it. I He's learned his lesson, but I feel like he learned it just a little bit too hard. Fine. He decides he's not going to sleep with anybody else. He decides to move to gospel because his mother lives down there. And he just couldn't stay in the same town where the, where the hockey players were because it reminded him of everything he lost, which I can't blame him for. Okay. So. Then we meet his mother, who's a nurse, and she's also hanging around the, um uh, she's also hanging around the, the grocery store. They kind of hint that she and the grandfather like each other, which I guess isn't weird because the grandfather and she, they're, they're both like, she's in her late fifties and he's in his early sixties. They want each other. That's cool. I, I have no, I have no problem with older love, but then I go, okay, but if he's, if she's your mother and that's her grandmother, I'm sorry, if she's your mother and that's her grandfather, then what does that make you to each other? Like, I mean, I get it. Like, you're both, like, in your 30s, so it doesn't super matter, but kind of weird. All right. Anyway, we find out that his mother really likes poetry, and it becomes, like, the joke of the entire book. But what I appreciate that I didn't appreciate about the last series is that they didn't feel the need to tell me every poem that was said. Like, you you got that the poetry was not that great and that people hated it. Ah, you didn't have to read it to me line by line. Can you imagine? Anyway. So, we we get through the poetry and the granddad is really starting to kind of move away from his from his wife and um and and is reaching out to Grace a little bit more, right? Like, okay, like I really really like her. But on the flip side, the issue that they keep running into um is that hmm, how do I put this? So, Kate is scared that she will fall in love again with a guy who is awful, right? Because, from her perspective, she's like, all I do is, is date awful men who don't actually love me and who aren't capable of that. She's also an ex private investigator. So, then we find out <laughs> that she was a private investigator. And she thought that that was a pretty good career for her. Right. She enjoyed looking up people and finding them and then just kind of reporting them to whoever. The issue she ran into, though, is that one day she had this guy walk in. He showed her a lovely picture of his wife and his kids. Right. Like, oh, like they were missing. Like, I have to find them. I have to find them. She, of course, looks them up, finds them. And she gives them an address, sends them on his way. Next thing she knows, it's in the news that this guy found his wife and kids, killed them and then killed himself. And of course, at this point, she's distraught, right? At that point, she just quit her job, right? Because she thought, oh, okay, like the people I tracked down, they're people who either need to be found or they're, you know, douchebags on the run. But after this, what was she supposed to do? So now she has this weird complex of like, I can't seem to pick, I, I can't tell when a man is crazy or not, right? Which I felt like was such a good theme for the book, right? She can't tell when a man is crazy or not. And <laughs> Rob can't tell when a woman is crazy or not. And so they have this interesting dance of like, I can't tell whether or not you mean it. And I can't tell whether or not you're just a crazy person, which I thought was, it was was such a good theme. I I wish that Rachel had done a little bit more with it because Rob seemed gun shy, which was understandable, right? He didn't want to meet, he, he definitely didn't want to hook up with a woman that he met in a bar because that's how he ended up with the woman who shot him. But for him to say, hey, I haven't slept with anybody in years, but I don't think about that when I'm with you, right? I'm, I'm super into you. I just want to be with you. I just want to sleep with you. Like, okay. Okay. But at the same time, then he says, well, like, I just, I really hope you're not crazy. I really hope you're not crazy. I'm like, okay, but what has she done to prove to you that she's not crazy? Right. What was that moment where you said to yourself, you know what, that's okay. I'm going to take this. Right. Because all, all it turned into was like, you know what, you're not crazy. I'm like, okay fine, but this has been such a big part of who you are for years that you're going to have to give me more. Why? Why do you think she's not crazy? What about her saying that to you? What changed your mind? Throughout the entire book, Kate is not, she's not convinced, right? She's not convinced that he's not crazy or that he's not going to use her. She does her own research to find out all of this, right? That he was married, that he cheated on his wife, that he continuously cheated on his wife, and that he was basically a bad guy. Now, his actions were showing her otherwise, and, and you could see as she kind of made these decisions to be to be trustworthy of him, until, of course, it all blows up, as it always does in a romance novel, but she made these decisions to be more trustworthy of him, to think like, you know what, he's done this thing for me, right? Maybe he's not a bad guy, right? I left in the middle of the night, and the next day he was upset with me because I left. Maybe he does want something more from me than just a one-night stand, right? My last boyfriend never did that, and, and I think that that's something, too, that they could have brought up a little bit more talking more about her well her ex-future fiance <laughs> her ex-future fiance and comparing what is she experienced with that guy less so the pi guy about the way he felt about her and the way that he treated her just so we can see this contrast not overly doing it but but her coming to the understanding that there's a difference between the guys you were dating and this guy even though he was like that he's not like that anymore he's redeemed And the same thing from his perspective. Right. He said he's going to stay away from her. He says, you know, I have to stay from women. I have to stay away from women in general. And I just think that Rachel could have done a better job with them accidentally bumping into each other instead of him intentionally seeking her out, because then it's like, okay, but this is it's not first person. Right. It's a narrator. So the narrator would know that he was lying to himself, right? The narrator would know that he was lying to himself and should actively tell me, rather than say like he was determined to stay away from her and then two seconds later say, Oh, well, you know, he bopped across the street to see her. I'm like, Well, no, he didn't and if he did, then you need to tell me that he's lying to himself or or that he really, really wanted to see her, or, you know, morals be darned, I'm going over there anyway. That didn't happen. If he's going over there, then he intentionally went over there. And if he's stopping himself from seeing her, then he's stopping... It. Like, you, you, can, you can't have it both ways. <sighs> what I found was really interesting about this series is that it became really clear to me that this woman watches RuPaul's Drag Race, which is so funny to me because I just started watching it myself. In the first book, she goes, yeah, like, this guy, he got turned into RuPaul. And I'm like, what, what a weird... What a weird thing to say, right? Like, what? She's like, yeah, you know, she, she was writing these stories about like aliens and uh, you know, weird stuff like I told you happened in the first book. And in one of her stories, she turned a munchkin into RuPaul. I'm like, I have nothing against somebody turning into RuPaul. It's just interesting because everything else was like, oh yeah, like to turn into aliens. They they turned into like cows, like there were a bunch of like Bigfoot was out there. And then somehow you landed on RuPaul. I'm like, okay. And then in the second book, they just randomly brought up drag queens. I'm like, okay, someone's watching Drag Race, right? Like, <laughs> is that that's what we're doing? I mean, it's fine. Confirmation. I have no problem with it. I just, that's what's happening. We're all aware. Okay. No problem. She also has a weird dominatrix thing. At this point, I'm like, I kind of want to read her other books to see if this is just underlying in the gospel series or if she really just writes about uh, the drag queens um and, and, and about like dominatrix. She has a weird BDSM thing as well. In the first book, you find out, of course, that the ex-sheriff was... He killed himself and, and was kinda sleeping with everybody and being kinda tied down. But also with our heroes and our heroines, it's always like, Hey, like, will you tie me to something? Like, hey, will you do this? Which is only interesting because that's not what the book is about, right? It just always has this underlying like coat of it, which I find weird. Like, okay, like you I'm 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 gonna tie you to the bed. Okay. Like no problem. But also in the second book but also other people are doing it in the town like (laughs) all right especially when you come to the second book and realize that neither one of them has lived there for long kate's come back uh i I think she she said she went to high school yeah she, she went to high school elsewhere she hasn't been back in quite a while and Okay, and, and so she's into this. Our good guy, Rob, also just moved here about two years ago. And he's also, in, and I I have, I have nothing against people being tied to the bed. It was just, it was something that was mentioned kind of recurringly hinted at, that made me think it was an author thing. And less of a, this is what the character wants, right? Same thing with the drag queens and RuPaul. Like, you just, you just wanted to throw that in there, didn't you? Okay, no problem. I accept it. No problem. The second book I felt like was was, it was a lot better in that she gave me a theme of how do you how can you tell when someone is crazy right and that this is something that reoccurs throughout the entire book I think that it was a really nice touch that the grandfather and the mother also got together and then basically were shaming (laughs) Rob and Kate about them fornicating and you know you're not going to be alive for forever so of course we're going to get married like what are you guys doing and just pushing the narrative so that Kate was then like yeah what are we doing right I deserve more than just you know being someone's toy until they decide to toss me out and then Rob saying okay but like I just feel like we should be together for as long as it lasts and her just not being accepting of that because of what was happening to her grandfather and realizing that she did deserve more based off of their own relationship so that so that was really cool I mean like I said <laughs> Dylan kept being spelled kept being spelled kept That was awful, and now I have no idea how to spell the sheriff's name, and apparently neither does he, so that was interesting, but... Everything else was pretty solid. Like, like I said, I really liked the second book a lot more than I liked the first. To the point that I was like, okay, like maybe we'll keep the second book and then read the other series to see where where this kind of fits in the timeline because the other series is about the hockey team. So just just to see some of his players, see some of his opponents, maybe see him in action because this is not the first book of the other series. So you can kind of see some some of his hockey games because he of course refused to mention it. It reminds him of old. It reminds him of old memories and. He was not super happy about it, but they were just kind of a, I wanted to see more people from the previous book in that I felt like, hmm, how do I put this? So there were a lot of cashiers who worked there and and a lot of people we were familiar with from the first book. And and as it went on, you kind of recalled some characters and who they were and, and how they impacted the story. It's okay. No problem. It, it it mostly turned into a story about the Widows, though, of course. that the, They were trying to be after her grandfather, which I also thought they could have done more with. You know, that the people just kept showing up and trying to trap him. The Widows basically became the younger women from the previous book that everyone was always after him and showing up and trying to get him to deliver groceries to their place and just hitting on them weirdly. They were just older. And then we get back to our lovely, lovely girth problem because, like I said, Rachel also has... An eggplant issue. He also had the same blessing. At least he wasn't commando. She, I, I'm, I'm commending her for that. But the issue we still ran into is that. I really don't know how to put this. But if you have been blessed all your life. And he's a 36 year old male. Who has been his entire life. And also said that he ran through women. Doesn't know how many women he slept with. Also okay. Not a problem. But. If you know that you are abnormally sized, and if you know that this could hurt someone and, and like actively, right? You've 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 slept with a lot of women, right? Then your first position would be considerate, right? They they sleep together in a way, and 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 she goes like, ow, like you know, oh my goodness, like it's so painful. And I'm like, bro, dude, like one. Either say like, "Hey, this is how I'm going to adjust you now," because you know the first time it's going to be kind of weird. Um, position her correctly, maybe I don't know. Because for for you to say like, "I'm sorry" after the fact, and not even think like, "Were you not thinking about it? Are you not usually considerate?" I don't know. It was it it, it was it's 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 just like this weird thing that kind of nags at me, right? You slept with all these women, and people say you were such a great lay, and of course we want to sleep with you. I'm like, okay. But if you knew this, then by the time we hit girl number whatever, ticket 95, you should be really good at figuring out what it is that needs to be your first position while she adjusts to you, right? Especially, especially if the author wants to call out to me that like, oh, everything he did was super practiced. It was so well done. Like he had definitely done this a time or two or a hundred times before. Okay, cool. If he had done it that often then he should, one, be aware and two, be well versed enough to position her in a way that it wouldn't hurt as much or, or, or at least say, hey, like this is going to hurt or what whatever. Same thing, as I said in the first book, that if you are this blessed, if you're just so great in bed, you'd think that you would have had this th- this first time thing down because you've had so many first times with so many girls that you would know that this is going to be a thing and that you should say something or anything. I don't know probably the wrong way but overall second book was great the first book was just kind of there um overall four stars like it didn't knock me off my feet like like we talked about other books before in the past but it was pretty decent like I said before we're gonna be well <laughs> I'm gonna be combing through as much of the canon wand and vision comic books as possible and coming back to you in two weeks to go over their love story to kind of give you my feedback on that maybe do a comparison of the show I don't know it's probably gonna take me a lot to read all these gonna make a promise on the comparison thing but I I just want to kind of walk through their love story to see how I feel about it right was it worthy of a show right did I feel like it was as good of a love story as some of these romance novels we read right is it worthy do we like it do we hate it (laughs) I'll talk to you in two weeks when we talk about it